0: Hey guys, thank you for lending your ears to my podcast. In this podcast, I'd like to share with you what I call a rant. It's, it's straight from my heart. So here it goes. Lazing around in my office and dazed out, which took me through a series of thoughts. Majority of my thoughts about the turbulent journey I have had over the years, especially the last one year. I felt like I had to speak about how memory about the past incidents one has gone through is what shapes us. There is always something we would have learned from it and hence it is so important to not forget it. Quite obviously our brain is so stunning. It knows to purge out the toxic parts of our memories. So there is nothing to be, uh, you know, worried or obsessed about that as long as one is able to balance it out the other day i was just sitting through and thinking of various situations i've gone through as a lupus patient may uh, it be my infusions my uh, or, or or my journey of hunting down belimumab i had herpes zoster meningitis my endometriotic cysts the repetitive uh, in, in injections on my belly every 28 days and how each of these instances gave me an insight on life. I think my renal biopsy taught me um, on what invasive procedures are and how at that point you can't do much faith and gratitude and faith is pretty much what keeps you going. (laughs) Of course I went on to have a lot more invasive procedures in the future but it started with that. I think cyclophosphamide gave me the feeling that and taught me that despite all of it, that we go through our body is so stunning in terms of re, what do you say, recuperating and getting back to normal. Uh, hunting down belimumab gave this instant boost and validation on my faith and belief that so many things that are unima- unimaginable and impossible. That happens with faith uh, it does happen belief in faith the growth gave me insights on how pain every injection was painful I'm talking about the endometriotic cyst growth how modern medical scientists have cut short seven days of death like pain to one minute of less of pain through an injection on my belly right Each of these instances have given so much more than just pain relief. So much more than I can communicate with you. Today I feel like to quote John Banville. I don't know if you've heard of him. He says that the past beats inside me like a second heart. Because it gives me so much more life. I'm double alive. Thank you for listening to this and I hope you liked it. And if you really do, look forward to more. Thank you.
1: Yeah, uh, I let you quit school uh, Provided Two conditions Quitting school should not affect your education Number one And number two, you should work
0: Wow
2: hello guys hello once again thank you for again tuning in and giving you know lending a few minutes to listen to my podcast firstly i'd like to say that the last podcast had some great responses i received so many fantastic messages from you all and the number of plays i got was amazing so uh, i can't thank you enough for that because who in the wildest of their dreams would have ever thought that someone would listen to their podcast so that is just stunning uh thanks for that today's podcast i thought i would like to call it my tryst with pain tryst with pain yeah that's how i'd like to call it and i'm gonna just talk about um how over the years i've experienced different kinds of pains and how uh you know different kinds of pains can be communicated in different ways and uh, how you cope with different kinds of pains. So a few months ago, I was admitted to the hospital due to excruciating pain which was, you know, ended up diagnosed as an endometriotic cyst in my right ovary. This was something I had almost over a year back. The treatment that was registered and prescribed was the normal hormonal treatment like GnRH and progesterone and This further went on over a year. Again, medications needed to be stopped due to the side effects and various other drug-related issues, and uh, due to my lupus nephritis history, which is basically kidney uh, uh, effect of uh, lupus, uh, you know, with steroid-induced osteopenia, which is basically reduction in the bone density. I had uh, developed further bone density issues. That's what happens when you take GnRH. It's a hormone. Uh, Progesterone injections was just another option that was suggested to me to control this pain caused by an immature for about a year, two or three. Further on, we went to understand that taking progesterone injections was like an artificially induced pregnancy. But for the fact that I was not pregnant, you know, every day nausea, dizziness, giddiness, morning sickness and bloody hell, what not. Uh, Adding on to this was another lupus drug related issues that i was taking for my lupus nephritis condition then on uh you know when all of this came together i almost felt like bloody hell i need to put all you know put a full stop to all this goddamn issue you know uh two months down the lane my period came with a bang my doctor tells me that somehow to pull through it and observe the pain uh the pain got so excruciating i was Rushed the hospital with lots of pain medications such as opioids and other narcotic drugs. Uh, during the phase of hormone treatment, my cyst size had shrunk, and uh, but the pain would didn't refuse to go. It would just not refuse to go. It would just come back again and again. Uh, something in me told me that you know we had to end this. Um, that is when my doctors told me about Merina coil insertion, and which is similar to copper tea or any other contraceptives. Uh, i didn't give a shit i did not google anything i did not ask a question because i had my mom doing it for me and she is a darling thank you mom she keeps researching Uh, i love you mom Uh, this might almost seem like uh, okay there is an article or uh, you know where is the story heading where on earth is this heading Uh, wait let me tell you where this is heading This is something I've been wanting to write because I would like to call it my tryst with pain. So if you want to know more and if you really like listening to this podcast, uh, why don't you hit the follow button on Spotify and you will get a notification every time I post a podcast. This is going to be very interesting because I feel like Uh, a lot of times uh, we might tend to feel very demotivated and we might wonder and you know we might feel what is this uh, what do i why do i wake up the next day for and what is the reason to my existence and sometimes by just knowing other stories and uh, i'm not just going to share my stories i'm going to share a lot of stories of so many other lupus patients i've come across in my life lupus scleroderma ankylosing spondylitis rheumatoid arthritis and so many wonderful warriors that i've come across so when I share that, you might just feel a little positive, you know. You might just smile a little. You might feel a little grateful, and uh, and well, that's all I hope for, you know. Then my motive is met. So see you in the next episode.
3: modification, a partner of a lupus patient should be ready to make for a smooth sail. Hmm. very honestly think, speaking whatever it is
1: well to be honest I think it would be a higher sense of hygiene okay <laughs> yeah not just uh, on, on personal basis but also surroundings Okay. No matter how hygienic you are, you have to be a little more hygienic. And other than that, is to be ready for emergencies. Hmm, that makes sense. Yeah. Everything else is part of uh, not being. A when you say piece.
3: emergency, what does it mean?
1: <clears throat> well, emergencies could be a midnight rush to the hospital. Right or maybe a whole night uh, uh, sitting with your partner where you know there might be discomfort especially physical discomfort and then you know you might need to lose a few hours of sleep here and there right but other than that that the lifestyle usually will be healthier right like what
3: what What would help uh, the partner of a lupus patient in the toughest of the situations?
1: What would help? her?
3: Yeah, what would be helpful?
1: I can tell you a small story for that.
3: Yeah, sure.
1: I once went to Kodeknal with a friend of mine. It's the first time that I remember going to Kodeknal. he he has his house on top of a cliff it's his personal house that's not where the guests go but he invited me to stay for a night because we are good friends Mm -hmm. and I asked him don't you get bored like you know whether it is Kodeknal or Heaven being in the same place every day don't you get bored he said why don't you stay with me overnight and then you decide so his Mm -hmm. house has a 360 degree view of the whole place I like the place and everything and we slept So, he has this, his bedroom has this amazing French window, like a huge thing. And in the morning, he says, I always wake up to the sunrise there. And it's like the perfect sight. Well, uh, as usual, you know, I, I thought, yeah, sure, whatever. And then went over and slept the night. Around dawn, I woke up automatically. And then I saw this beautiful sunrise happen, you know. The yellow and the orange and all that and I, and I like sat up on my bed and I looked at it it was one of the most beautiful sights I saw and my friend was lying next to me and he could just you know he just looked at me a smile he didn't say much so then then I told him yeah you know I understand you don't get bored easily and this is the reason the closest analogy that for, to that I found was that waking up next to a person that you dearly love you know, seeing their face first thing in the morning. is like that sunrise. You see it every day, mm. but you don't feel bored. On some days, it might not be as enthusiastic as like the other. It's
3: not about boredom, but what would help a partner go through the toughest of the situations?
1: I think the most important thing is to focus on the the good parts. Like I was saying with this... You know, on the good days, it's just good. and the bad days, it's slightly more sufferable, you know, when you think of it. Not sufferable, I don't think that's the right word. But to say that, you know, that this is an aspect of a life together. But it it does not have to be the defining aspect of it. There are other things uh, that you do. Fall in love or with a a person because of a certain thing, right?
3: Right. What do you think... uh a lupus patient should do to make it easier for their partner?
1: I think uh, that's a very interesting question. What can be done by the lupus patient? I think end of the day, it's empathy from both sides to feel what the other person is going through. Right. And to help each other out and to know that the other person is trying just as hard whether it is the loopy or the loopy lover
0: right.
1: yeah, I think that helps. And I think it's also that you know when times are good to make the most of it. And right. I would feel that they should have enough um, enough similarities or um, things in common so that even if it's time spent in a hospital, or waiting at a waiting room in a hospital, or lying on a bed, that they could have things to talk about or do or even right. if it's a movie, so that it right. feels like time spent together.
3: Right. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think has... As someone who has observed me over the years, what, half a decade nearly? So, yeah. what do you... What do you think has helped me pull through tough situations? At the same time, what do you think has been the cause of grief?
1: I think the answer for both is uh, the same. The seeking of meaning. Right. Right yes being a person with chronic illness it's a it's a thing that everybody faces particularly in different stages of their lives people call it midlife crisis but it happens like every few years to everyone if not a few moments so i think that's there
3: there is not just midlife crisis as many stages of crisis
1: yeah this called coming of age midlife crisis just definitions that people give but i think that's The main cause of worry of a lupi would be, uh, no, any person, but even somebody struggling with crawling illness would be if their life has purpose or meaning. Even if it is to give give back to an individual or individuals or to the world or creation or expression. And that is, I think, the primary source of grief as well as the primary source of joy. Mm
3: -hmm. If they can think what do you want a lupus patient to know what do you want loopies who are looking for partners or searching for partners to know like how does a loopy know that so and so person could be an incredible person to have in their lives what are the characteristics what are the qualities for them to judge based on parameters
1: I think uh, patience would be the key virtue to look for
3: in a partner.
1: Virtue? I would say a skill. Somebody who has mastered patience, you know, or trying to more than the average person. At the same time, it should be an engaging partner.
3: What are the characteristics of a patient person? What makes, how can you know if a person is patient or not? especially in this situation, scenario.
1: If you're looking at from uh, a potential candidate versus a candidate that you already know and you know, uh, that you're going through, I think patience uh, um, can be seen in every small aspects if, uh, of a person's lifestyle, whether if it's waiting at a coffee shop or you know, how they drive in traffic or or how they listen. But in
3: specific, to a lupus patient, what do you In
1: specific think? Specific to a lupus patient, I think it's very important. I, I won't say what they're looking for, but I think from uh, from my point of view, what I've understood is to realize that to to see it as a very nuanced thing that there are several things happening here because, at the end of the day, a lupus patient they, uh, might be undergoing medication. Yeah,
3: not might
1: yeah yeah they are they are you know they are Mm -hmm. undergoing medication so it's important to um, identify for uh, for a lupus patients lover to identify that how this can affect things and understanding always brings around patients so it's important to be aware of these things and to help your partner understand that too you know that there might be times when they feel that they are not good enough or there might be times where they feel you know that things aren't working out or there might be times where they are What,
3: what would you like to tell those patients who who are of the belief that there are no people who will be able to understand their situation and be there for them and who are willing to go through the turbulent process
1: I would tell them that We are partially right that there are no people who would completely understand them, not even a fellow loopy. but at the same time, I would tell them that there are people who would be there for them. Simple. Yeah. There are people who would be there for them.
3: Lastly, and for those who have been rejected due to the disease or due to circumstances that come with the disease. Those who have been uh, you
1: mean to the I say lovers
3: rejected? It, yeah, from the partner. Yeah. Uh, whether it is in marriage, the divorce, or those who have, in general, what do? You, what about those loopies who feel guilty for not being able to uh, be there for their partners or serve them as much or or satisfy them as much?
1: Uh, first I would like to answer your last question before going to your first question because um, I would ask them to see it in in both ways you know where they feel that like like I said earlier uh, it's it's day and night you know on the good days um, to make sure that your partner understands that they are there at the same time uh, to help your partner understand that the, they might not be there for because because of what they're going through, okay. and there's no need to feel uh, that they are incompetent or in any way less. Because what happens in chronic illness, from what I've understood from my personal experiences with several people that I've that I love dearly, is that yeah. uh, they do make up for it. You know on the times and that's in every relationship and to a loopy I would say that that despite everything making it work is beautiful and we don't need to let a disease uh, define our life or our our anxiety destroy it and to the lover or the partner I would say to look at why you like the person, why you fell in love if it was the core reason, if it was a disease, if it was a saviour complex, then maybe you're looking at it the wrong way. But if, if it is a person that you liked, despite uh, everything else, you know, if you connected on different levels, whether it is intellect or music or whatever, or shared activities, then, you know, then it's a different story and then if you throw out, if you can try to string in moments, where both of these things are happening simultaneously, the good and the bad, you know, maybe if if they both are lucky, they could look back at a lot of time that they've spent together, maybe even a lifetime.
3: There are situations where uh, Lupus patients and their partners are doing fine, but the partner's family will have an issue with the situation.
1: How do you recommend
3: these partners to handle it? What would would be the ideal way to handle it?
1: I think both both uh, both the parties' uh, uh, family could have issues into it. A uh, lupus patient's family, just like any other family, would be looking for uh, stability for their... Uh, child or sibling or whoever it is. So that, uh, you know, because they would have the constant anxiety that what happens after us? Hmm? Right now we are here, but what happens after us? So whoever the partner is, I think... Um, they should be able to give a sense of confidence that, um, that, that they are there to support. That it's not that I'm going to take care of this person forever, but they they are there to support them in whatever way. And that the person is more than capable of supporting themselves. But in case of any assistance, uh, that they will be there. I think this is a very valid fact. And for the partner, mm-hmm. obviously, when, um, uh, especially in Indian, Indian society you could say that you know um, people would uh, families would might might get into this uh, loop where they think that uh, you already know somebody's going through a chronic illness why would you want to get into it that it's going to be a difficult life for you uh, you probably in love you're not seeing this realistically and so on right. and then it would be up to the partner to go, to convince the family what they need is just like you know, if if it's uh, if it's just like a person who might be wanting to go for an engineering degree but choosing to go for something else, to let the family know that at the end of the day, this is what makes me happy and this is what makes uh, me feel fulfilled, and uh, the disease does not matter.
3: Mm, makes sense. And I'm going to share this with everyone and I hope it's of use. Thanks for doing this.
1: You asked me a question about uh, rejection for the partner.
3: Yeah, yeah, the second half, yeah.
1: I think it's, this is a very complex thing that I may not be able to answer completely. Right. Because it's there a, Multiple every,
3: aspects to it.
1: Yes, everything is two-way, you know. Uh, a lupus patient Yeah, But I
3: generally feel as a patient If someone has rejected you Because of the disease or the situation and the circumstances You should be grateful that It has happened initially And that It comes with an underlined Fact that it's not worth it The person it's, Is not worth it
1: The rejected party is not worth it Or the lupus is not worth it
3: The The person who rejected Is not worth it
1: You mean the loopy is not worth it?
3: No, the person who rejected, not the person who is rejected.
1: So you're saying that when the partner rejects a loopy? Yes. Oh, absolutely. I agree with you there. Absolutely. Um, I was thinking of it the other way. If if any person uh, rejects uh, a loopy or anybody with chronic illness for because of that, I think it's just a wake-up sign that you know that. good that this happened now because this could have happened yeah. anywhere and it's a very uh, realistic thing to happen. You should be thanking your fortunes because I was thinking of it the other way. What if the, if the partner gets rejected by the loopy?
3: Well, that's that's another uh, like
1: That would come or... into my initial talks where I said, you know, where you need to distinguish between what's and who, who is talking right now, you know. Right. Yeah. Cool and
0: thanks for
3: doing this.